This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we are coming to you after yet another grandiose victory. West Ham came to New Griffin Park and once again, they couldn't get a win. They couldn't buy a win. They couldn't steal a win. They couldn't do anything with the win because they lost. 3-2 to the game, to the Bees. Great, great game as well it was. Uh, very, very lively, New Griffin Park. We'll talk about that all a little bit later, but I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums. I've got a glass of wine because I'm celebrating the West Ham victory, which is very nice. And I've got Laney in the house. Laney, how are you? I'm good. I'm celebrating the third win on the trot with a glass of, uh, well, I'll have some wine in a minute. I'm, I'm, having, a, I'm having a beer at the moment. But um, mm. yes, it's, it's this winning lot is, uh, you can't tire of it. So, yeah, three, three on the spin, mate. We'd have thought that a few weeks ago, eh? Uh, three on the spin. We've got Sherlock Holmes in the house. Sherlock, how are you? Uh, very well, thank you. I'm not on the wine. I've got a fruity little IPA number. I'm also celebrating um, three wins on the spin, um, three West Ham home wins on the spin as well. Bless them. They really thought they'd done it this time. They really thought they'd done it, but they just didn't have enough. So, happy days. Indeed, happiness all around and we got Ali Malali in the place. Ali, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm toasting what was an incredibly boring game. God, we played such boring football on Saturday to grind out that result. But we got yeah, the result. We, 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 it was good, awful, awful brand of football we played on Saturday. Good, good at what we do though, are we? Apparently. Yeah, very good. Good, 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 very good boring, at what we though. do. Very boring. Yeah, Ali, uh, to be fair, I saw you hopping around on Saturday. Uh, and, and just to Literally. explain, Ali's been in. A, she's been in one of those motorised wheelchairs. We see. You know, she's one of those people that sort of knocks you over down the high street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Little so <laughs> that's right. You know, sort of Benidorm and all that kind of malarkey, like you know. So yeah, Ali's that. that but all of a sudden, she's very happy because she got off her motorised scooter and she's hopping around with a walking stick. Yeah, with crutches. my crutches. I was waving my crutches at you. I'm sort of like, I'm gonna take. I'm taking them to Liverpool, sort of like, so I can get first in the taxi queue for the pub. So yeah. <laughs> just, you know, beat everybody else out of the way. 
yeah okay that's the way forward as they say but anyway listen we've got loads on the show today actually what have we got on the show today we've got uh we've got jp you know he's got his facts and his funk plenty of decent facts and funk there as well we've also got you know we're going to listen to the fans after the west ham game because they're very very happy also we've got the gala and the bees breakdown crew as well just giving us the lowdown on the west ham game and looking forward to the liverpool match and also i've got a little chat to near with neil from the Anfield Rap, the very famous big podcast from uh, Liverpool, Anfield Rap. Neil's going to have a little chin wag with myself, and we're going to talk about the up-and-coming Liverpool game. But anyway, just coming back to things in the house, actually, because there's been lots going on. We thought, you know, we talk about Brentford a lot, but we just thought, let's just take a little bit of an eye. Let's take a little bit of a broader eye and look at what's happening in the Premier League. And we are sort of quite a few games in the Premier League now as well. We're actually 10 games plus one in the Premier League so we're actually 11 games in and I don't know if you know but there's a little stat that says basically uh, a close look at there's a survey in 2019 and it highlighted how the stable the league sort of stays after 10 match weeks okay so researchers found that 77% of the statistical variance in the final league standings were explained by match week 10 so basically in effect the league almost kind of stays as it is after match week 10 and there's only like about 13 percent change like just over 10 percent change in the league table so in effect you know if you're 10th you're going to sort of kind of stay in and around 10th if you're sort of third you're going to stay you know in and around that position and if you're 15th or 16th or 17th you're sort of kind of you're, you're sort, of, sort of you know danger of, of of slipping down into the relegation zone as it is so in a way that's actually very good news for the bees even though you know i know that we're safe and you know it's safe but we can never rest on our laurels can we laney no, you can't. No, but it's it's just good to it's good to know, you know that uh, you know it's consistent across the whole of the season. And I know I famously say it's a nine month season, so you, you can't you can't sort of take exactly what's happening now. But it's good to know that uh, from from our perspective, it's unlikely to to kind of unravel before, before our eyes. So what you what you see is normally what you get. Um, I know there are going to be obviously. Uh, you know exceptions to that rule but it's it's unlikely you know we're not we're not kind of wildly get you know the the, the results we're getting aren't undeserved it's not like we're winning every game and we just really just don't deserve it in fact you could argue that we should have more we should have more we should have should have won at forest um and we should have won at home against either or both of palace and, and bournemouth so you know, you, Tottenham? You, and, and, well, Tottenham as well, and you could say we should have got a point at Man United. So should have got three points at Man United. Yeah, but even <laughs> even even well, you should have done. Yeah, but even at the worst, of taking a point, we, we could. You know, you're not going to get all of those going your way, but we could be four points better off, and in which case we're you know we're we're looking you know sixth or seventh in the league. So, you know, it's it's and that's you know without with our injury crisis and without without that that striker that we won't mention. Um, it's 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 looking all right, you know. We, we we deserve actually more than what we've got. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 happy with that stat, Bill. I, I thought seventy four percent is our favourite percentage, though. Still, yeah, that's right. Seventy four percent indeed. I mean, listen. I mean, Ali. I mean, we're talking about this. You know, they're saying that the league table is. We're not saying the league table is what it is now. And I think people like Arsenal fans are going, oh no, but we're fourth. You know, and Man United fans are like, oh my God, we're eighth. Like you know, we're sitting there in ninth, very very happy. Just looking at the teams around us. Though, 
though. Like, so Man United are one place above us on 18 points. You know, Brighton again on 18 points as well. You know, Chelsea are below us again. You know, this is getting like a bit of a, you know, it's just getting a bit repetitive, this, isn't it? Like, you know, Chelsea are below us on 15 points. You know, West Ham again below us on 14 points. Does that give you a flavour looking at how, you know, you've seen these teams play? You know, I mean, Aston Villa are in fifth place with 22 points as well, which, which leads you to say that, you know, Aston Villa could even be pushing for a European, you know, Champions League place this season, um, joining to this sort of 77% stat. Ali, just looking at the games that you've seen, I mean, what, what are you saying about these teams around us and any games that just sort of kind of took your fancy recently? Well, any games that, well, well, not really of games around us. I have to say it's, it's the games. I, I was, Newcastle, there's been a lot of bonkers over the weekend, isn't there? A lot of bonkers. Newcastle, Arsenal, bonkers. Arteta, bonkers. Um, Spurs, Chelsea, very bonkers. I mean, I said, did say to a Spurs fan, Spurs fan, you might know very well, you know that Chelsea are going to beat you on Monday night because it's Pochettino. But I don't think anybody saw the way that game was going to play out. It was absolute madness. And uh, I think it, for all that Chelsea won 4-1, I think it showed up how poor they are going forward in that they had played against nine men for half an hour and couldn't work out, for the love of God, how to beat, uh, nine, how, to, how to score against nine men. And I would say that Foster Coglu took a calculated gamble playing that high line. That Chelsea are so poor in front of goal and they almost nicked it. You know, Song almost got an equaliser at 2-1 and then it would have been, you know, it's genius. So... You know, I, I think Chelsea are, are mid-table at best. I think Man United look, watched them again last night against Copenhagen. They look shambolic. I think that result at Old Trafford annoys me more and more every time I see them play. Um, but and, and again, yeah, for people out there, I, I, basically Man United scored two goals in the in, in time added on when we were 1-0 up as well, yeah. which is, again, for people, I don't yeah. wipe that from their memory cells. I just thought I'd just let you know. Yeah, and understandably wiped it from their memory cells. But yeah, there's... There's a there's teams in and around us that we you know in the normal way of things you wouldn't expect to be in and around us you would expect Chelsea and United to be further up the table than they are I think Brighton is struggling a bit and Newcastle are struggling a bit with having to play in Europe with playing in Europe I think that's affected both of them so that brings them down towards the middle of the table a bit more but I think I think they'll probably kick on a bit I think you know we're quite happy jogging along in ninth you know I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and again, again, listen, this isn't set in stone at all. But you know, at the moment now, they're sort of probably talking about anywhere between sort of ninth and thirteenth place, probably for the bees at, at, at the back end of the season. If we continue doing what we're what we're doing at the moment now, which is probably not a bad place to be, considering how many injuries we've got. And Ali, I mean, you can reel off how many. I mean, you just again, listen, because some people may not know. And um, we talk about oh, we got injuries, but I know you know some people coming up to us. So, so what injuries have you got? So Ali, you just reel off. The injuries that we do have. No, no pressure. No pressure <laughs> on me to remember them all now. Yeah, you remember me, them. Me's just come back, hasn't he? Mia's just about me. fit. So there's Damsgaard, De Silva, uh, Baptiste, Lewis Potter, Sharda, Fleckham uh, we're not sure about, Good, can't really count him, Good. I suppose, uh, Rico, um, who else? And does Ivan Tony count Hickey, as an injury? Hickey. Yeah. Well, Tony Katz is a suspension. Everybody's banging on after Sharda, uh, Monday night about... Uh, Char- I've said Sharda. About uh, Romero and um, Udogi being suspended for Spurs. That's well, that's the three games. One, one's for one game, one's for three games. It's like, Tony's out until 16th of January. So, you know, and I think it's just... I think at one point we had a whole... We could have fielded a whole 11 of injured players. So, yeah. you know, 
it, it, it's just you know, and then you've got sort of like fringe players like Pat Harris, people like that, who's only just coming back, and it's 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 bonkers really, and you never hear anybody talk about how many injuries Brentford have got with our tiny squad. All we hear about is how many injuries Man United have got, how many injuries Chelsea have got with their massive squads. Chelsea have got about five hundred and two players, and oh, Chelsea have got so many injuries. It's sort of like yeah, what about We've, we've got about the same number of injuries and our squad is like a tenth of the size of theirs. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're doing, a, we've done amazingly well considering all the injuries, uh, missing suspensions that we've had. I think, I think we've done fantastically well. That's right. Um, but I do, you know, you just like, didn't even mention, you did, one did, or did two mean, key injuries you don't want. Yeah, you did mention, did you mention Baptiste as well? I did mention Baptiste. Yes, you did. You've done, I think you've done, you've done very, you've done very can we well. Give her, um, can we give her a little work? Round of applause. Round of applause. Here you go. Just reeling them <laughs> Very off. Good. Saying, Very good. Oh, there you go. Very good. There you go, yeah. early. You know. So yeah, that's the Brentford injury list. Like I said, I think the Liverpool posse was actually asking me as well. You know, you keep saying you've got injuries, but who is exactly injured? I said Ali Malali will explain it on the podcast as well. <laughs> I so uh, we've got Sherlock in the house there. So Sherlock, I mean, just going in in and around us. I mean, obviously you feel you're very comfortable with our ninth position, but you know, just. Look, looking at the 77% stat but, and also just looking at games in and around I mean like we've got European games today as well we've got um, who, who went out yeah, yesterday who went who, uh, no, 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 no one's gone out no one's gone out yeah, oh, but, no, yeah. Well, well Man United are sort of out-ish aren't they Man United nearly out Man United is struggling yeah yeah so Man United out-ish as well but I'm just saying so all these so it's interesting to see these teams who you know even like I said in Newcastle we were in awe about you know how they kind of did last season you know they went from bottom of the league to Champions League pretty much in a very very short space of time but it just goes to show you how things may also level themselves out a little bit now we're we're not okay we're not quite in Newcastle zone yet but we're not too far off it are we I think no, we, we and let's not forget that we were very close to getting something from Newcastle, dodgy penalty aside, we were very close to getting something there. So we, we're sort of, talk about being behind Brighton sort of by three or four years, and we are kind of, I'd say, if you want to expand that to being three or four years behind, maybe Newcastle, Villa, that sort of level of team, not in terms of expenditure, not in terms of that, I realise that, not even in terms of the top players we contract, but in terms of staying in the league and solidifying and cementing it, you know, before this lovely run of three games that we had, we had a lot of fans talking about how we were in a relegation battle. You can see the comments appearing on social media after games. We're in it now. And, I mean, you look at Sheffield United, who got their first win, second win on the weekend, and they're still bottom. And Luton, with a draw against Liverpool, they're still only one point out of it, out of the relegation zone. So that's a battle. We've never even been anywhere near it. And I think we've been a lot closer to sort of the top half in terms of performances anyway. So I don't see why we can't aspire to be, again, not in terms of size or history, but in terms of competing, a team like Villa, I think we can compete with comfortably and Brighton comfortably. And even with all of their filthy millions, perhaps Newcastle on our day, yes. Hey, can I just um, chuck a stat in here? If we'd have, If we'd have drawn at Newcastle... And we'd had beaten Forest, we'd be above Newcastle in the league now. I'm not being fine funny. Margins, it fine is, and, and everyone's blowing smoke up up, up their asses. It's 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 you know we have, we have to we have to put things in perspective. They did do a wonderful job of rattling Arsenal, though. A wonderful job of rattling Arsenal. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. They, they are they still moaning about that? Um, and Bumo. Um, 
goal that you know not not, not moaning yeah, about it was the Ivan Tony goal it wasn't on their list it wasn't yeah. on their list was yeah, it so, so they didn't enough. talk about the, that goal but they talk about yeah. the Ivan Tony goal all the time don't they mm. you know but anyway we, listen we're not talking about Arsenal because we'll be talking about them in a couple of weeks time after the international break when we play them as well because we, we've got to come back to this week as well because like I said we're going up to Liverpool in a little bit but just, just coming back just final thoughts as well on the league itself like, like you know this is very very early days and we're not saying you should predict or anything like that but um any teams there that you know other scares you do you think that we're kind of out of our depth because there's at one stage because you know there's a lot of remember the, there's one season where we thought oh my god we're playing Man City blah 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 back end of the season we need to get points on board then last season we were like oh last it's, season it's been, yeah. no, it's last it season. was last like, season that's right it's, it's really really easy that this season now looking at where we're doing and, and, and other teams and what they're doing out there anyone kind of scare you a little bit you think actually to be honest you we're still a little bit not out of our depth here but they're, they're still one or two three four notches above us Ali I think there's two or I think it says several teams who on their day are several notches above us, but I, I don't think we've played anybody. Who? City on their day. City on their day are notches. City on their day are above everybody. City play at their peak. I think, you know, I, I, I think anybody struggles to live with them, to be honest. Uh, I think Liverpool... But, the, but, but City, changed. don't you think they're a little bit kind of inconsistent at the moment now? And, yes, and, but I'm just saying at their peak... If they play at their peak, I think nobody, I think everybody struggles to live with them. Any team will struggle to live with them. You have to, you know, when you play Man City, you've got to play at your best and hope that they're and they have to be a little way off their best. Let, let's be honest. When we play, when we you know, we were brilliant, but they were a little bit off their best. And it's just sort of like I don't think we fear anybody, but you just have. Well, there's a couple of teams that you have to have things go a little bit in your favour. You have to have a couple of their players maybe not perform so if you're playing Liverpool you maybe want Salah to have a little bit of an off day but I don't think we fear anybody I think on our day we can we can beat anybody but you know it's you just it's like everything you know everything in life a little bit of luck uh comes comes into everything doesn't it I mean sure. yeah. um if we hadn't have beaten them all in previous seasons I would have gone the obvious answer of like the big six but had we taken a scalp against all of them so mm. I don't necessarily fear the teams but i would say individual players i think um if you like uh, is it docker at city um yeah. haven't seen him in the flesh yet and the way that he went about bournemouth um sort of if we're not on our best it could be quite worrying um i think we need to take i'm not going to say teams like because i never want to be the guy who says teams like but we need to take the rest of the league as seriously as we take the so-called big clubs because, you know, we, sh we switched off against Bournemouth, um, didn't show up against Everton. And I think the sort of the concentration, to be on it and at it, every single game um, is what worries me is if that goes, you know, if that isn't there on the day because it will get punished. Yeah. And I mean, and Laney, just, 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 just quickly, just coming back to... to you know, nine month season, as you say. Okay, yeah. at the moment it's eleven game season for us at the moment now. Um, where's your heart and your head at? You know, clearly, yes. It, clearly, City are in a league of their own. If they're if they're at if they're firing all cylinders, so we, we'll take that as a given. <clears throat> um, the, the rest of them, apart from we've in the se in the three seasons we've been in this division. I think we've only failed to beat Crystal Palace and Newcastle. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I think we've beaten 
every other team in this division that who have been in. So we we haven't beaten Luton in the top flight yet, and we, and we haven't beaten Sheffield United in the top flight yet because they haven't been in the same division as us. But we've beaten them in in the teams below in the in the divisions below. <clears throat> so no one no one really scares me anymore. But I just I am aware that you know Aston Villa. They're another team that, when they're firing in all cylinders, they can they can dismantle you like they did at their place last year. Arsenal, you've obviously got to be very wary, but I think we got the old knowledge on how to play Raya. Um, we need to press them as hard as we possibly can and don't let don't let their forwards spin and, and run into space. Raya can't can... play against us, though, can he? Oh no, can he not? Well, no. Yeah. Well, I think he could have done in the. I think he could have done in the um, in the in yeah. the Caribou Cup game. He can't in the league though. Can he? Because he's on loan. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, well, I'll, I'll take that back then, obviously. But um, so no, no one really scares me. But I, I just, you know, it's a bit of a cliche that anyone can beat you on 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 any given Saturday because there is that much quality in this division. But I still I still back ourselves now. Now that we're a little bit more organised, and we've got a few more players coming back, and we can bring the likes of me on for the for the last sort of ten minutes, and you know, he, sh- he shore things up. And you know, what a cameo that was! I know we're going to talk about the West West Ham game in a minute, but you know, we've got so many players that can contribute so much, and and him coming on um, just underpins kind of a few of the frailties elsewhere we're still light in a few areas but no one no going back to the question no one really scares me um but i think it's i think it's a fairly average uh league this year bar mm. probably five yeah so i mean for, and for me i mean i'll just say briefly as well um it's interesting we played tottenham first game of the season we were really disappointed we didn't get all three points from that and then looking back on it, it actually looks like quite quite a good result in, in retrospect even though we probably should have got all three points for there as well uh but what i'm saying is that i actually think that you know i i we're, we're, Man City to me still aren't like the team that they were maybe two or three seasons ago where you were just like listen it's just a, it's a done deal it's an absolute done deal with them and I think you know t- teams are taking points off teams that they shouldn't be taking points off including us we're taking points of teams that we shouldn't be taking points off if you listen to Neil we're going to talk later he's talking about you know Brentford you know the, the teams fear playing Brentford because they're just like a really hard team to play against you know and there's other teams even even talked about Luton with a lot of respect saying you know at the end of the day, you know they play in a particular way and if you if you don't you know if you've got your guard down they'll take points off you so I like that idea that you know at the end of the day it's not a done deal with you know with the Man Cities and all these other teams as well and I actually reckon there'll be a bit of an upset this year and I think that Tottenham are looking all right to be fair they bought they bought some decent players and as much as i hate him madison really annoys me but he's uh he's doing the business for them he's he's he's, he's a good player you know stuff like that and also liverpool we'll see how it goes because if they you know if they get points off of us um get full points off of us i think that they that may motor them i'm hoping it doesn't happen to be quite honest with you just for our sake but i think liverpool could be in there as well and so so i think it could be a little bit a little bit more of an open league but anyway we could discuss this probably more after uh, 20 the 20 matches actually you know what i'm saying mm. so it'll be like sort of like the 73% or probably sort of 70 82% probably like that that the league table is going to stay exactly as it is but um tell you what we're going to do though I've got a glass of wine here. I know you lot got a glass of wine. There's a few fruity IPAs flying around. We're going to go have a little drink. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about West Ham. So there you go, West Ham. West Ham. Coming out of New Griffin Park. Fifth time we've played them. 
Uh, one, two, it's just actually the sixth, but we don't mention the sixth one because it doesn't count. We actually lost that one, but we don't tell anyone about that because it was in the cup and the cup we don't do very well in at the moment now. So the cup we just put to the side. And so we played West Ham five times or five times in the league, in the Premier League. And we have won every single time so far. So as we said, Thomas Frank five, David Moyes nil. And you can see Moisey was not happy at all. You see, he felt very uncomfortable being out-tucked by the Frank five times in a row. Um, it was a game. The result was fabulous, but it didn't quite look like it was going to be going the way it should be uh, at half-time in particular, did it, Ali? Uh, no, I was. I mean, we started off so well, didn't we? And Neil getting his goal, which was fantastic, sort of like, because... You know, oh, his little face, he was so happy. And everybody was so happy. And it was a, it was a great moment for him, even if Frank's original shot was absolutely shocking. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great moment. It felt really good. And then we just, I don't know, it was a combination of them being very good for 10 minutes and us switching off for 10 minutes. And they scored two goals. And in fair play, you could have. So that was a great goal. Although I think he had a bit too much space to do it. Um, and it just felt like, it just felt like, I don't know, I went and got to half-time. Oh, is this going to... Are we going to come back from this? And then maybe we can get a draw. But, you know, the boys came out and they, they came out really firing in the second half. And we rode our luck a little bit, you know. Uh, West Ham could have gone 3 1 up. Antonio did a fantastic piece of defending for us, taking the ball off Saeed when he just had a tap in. But, yeah, I, I thought we were brilliant second half. And I think we fully deserved to, to come back and win that game. And uh, there were some really good performances all over the pitch. I think Norgard was back to his. Well, for me, I think I think other people disagree, but for me, he has back to his very best. I mean, I just got to the point with with Jensen now, where you know he's so good, you almost don't notice he's so good anymore because you're so used to it. And I thought Brian was was fantastic again. Was, and Nathan Collins is starting to look like the player that we all knew that we bought. So, and I have to say, big up, big up to Strahovska for coming in at half time. It's really difficult for a goalie to come into a game you know, halfway through a game or any point in a game. And what a performance in the second half by him with the ball at his feet. I thought it was fantastic. So, brilliant. It was great. I thought it was, you know, fantastic second half performance. Good first half performance, bar 10 minutes where, you know, we just let them get on top of us, top of us a bit. And, um, yeah, really, really happy with the way it went. Very, very happy. Tell some you're happy. We're going to go to the fans in the stands and in the pub after the game because they were very, very happy. Let's hear what they had to say straight after the match. Oh, fantastic. What a good game. It was a really good Premiership match. We went one up, they equalised, they went ahead, we went ahead, we won it, and West Ham will be very, very sore tonight. They were very disappointed, but we had a really good game. Collins at the back was monumental. He just led the line all the way through. Changing keeper at half-time as well, disrupting everything, but we hung in there. We won. We came back and edged a a very tight game but you've got to say when it comes to commitment and overall quality we just had the edge the Collins amazing Yanel amazing Norgard standard amazing but every one of those players played brilliantly today uh, worked their way through a difficult period when we were under the cost for a little bit but yeah great result come on you beast the way we came back was fantastic exciting game of football. I mean, both teams really added to it. You know, both going for it. I just really enjoyed that game. I've got to say, Nathan Collins was absolutely superb. You can see why we spent 20-odd million on him. He was fantastic. 
I have to say my favourite moment that I'm going to look forward to was Jensen's filthy nutmeg in the bottom right hand corner. Oh, it's disgusting. And then he's balling for Collins. Oh, oh unbelievable. my God. It's incredible, isn't it? Collins, absolutely unbelievable header. Great to see me on the ball. Great to see him back. I mean, every time he got it, superb. What a cracking day. I did fear the worst. I thought Lady Luck was going to shine the other way, but as it turned out, we came out on top. Yeah. Up the bees. Up the bees, up the bees. I thought it was really good. Really, really good. I thought a decent West Ham team. I thought we played all right. I thought we were unlucky to be down at half-time. Uh, good finish for them for the second goal for sure. But I thought we were good throughout today. Some really, really good performances. Fair play to the, un the unsung. I thought Onyeka had a decent, solid 90 today. Um, you know, Collins looked good again. But Matty Jensen, superb, eh? superb. 75 minutes, controlled that game. Good finishing. Not quite sure how how the old Gillam gave the second goal to Yanel when it was clearly an own goal uh, from the challenge of Collins. But that's a good result. Eh? Three wins in a row. Bring it on, bring it on funny they had 10 minutes in the game and they scored two goals you know if you look at the whole game those are the 10 minutes they had they got two goals yeah kudos' goal absolute screamer brilliant you know even no one was getting that out and that not even Raya um Who? <laughs> don't be like that don't be like that don't be like that all credit to all of the teams and real credit to Troska as well who came on for the second half after Flecken got injured in the first he was really confident and played some beautiful balls out for, as a goalkeeper. Really looked confident and I'm pleased for him as well. We're a team going places and on the up, so I'm really looking forward to being at Anfield next weekend. I reckon we could give Liverpool a scare. There you go, fans in the stands, in the pub, having a laugh, talking about West Ham and how we seem to have this... It's it, it something, right, look, I'm going to be... You don't have to talk about this now, but it's, it's going to have to come to an end at some stage. There's going to be a draw. There's going to be a loss at some stage. So we have to just lap up these moments when they do happen, because, you know, like I said to you, these things just don't go on forever. And if they, if you think they do, then, and if you haven't actually sort of milked the moment when they happen, then when it doesn't happen anymore, then you're like, oh no, I didn't take the most of that. So let's just talk more about West Ham, Laney. West Ham was very good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, you know, as Ali said, they had a decent 10 minutes and they scored two goals in that. The rest of the game, I thought we were kind of not necessarily in control of, but you know, we looked good in the rest of the match. It wasn't massively dissimilar to the Burnley game. You know, They, they were better than Burnley. Um, Burnley had a couple of good chances and should have, should have scored one, if not two. Um, where West Ham being, that, as I said, that much better, they, they did. Um, so... Uh, I, I just thought we got we got the tempo right. We we got the attitude right. We we weren't gonna um, let West Ham impose their game for it any more than the, they we you know they had they, they were capable of doing. Um, let's not let's not take too much away from West Ham because they they are they are a decent team. They're just not performing consistently, and we we, we we were hoping that we got them at their inconsistent best rather than you know actually at their best. But it was it wasn't anything to do with their deficiencies. We we were good, you know. Um, we deserved we deserved the win overall, and it was just a cracking game of football, really, isn't it? You know, what has, you know one nil up, two one down, and to come back and uh, you know I, I thought that. Uh, Brian and Bumo should have should have scored one, if not two, especially in the first half. The one that whistled just past the post on the stroke of half time. You know, he, he had another cracking game. 
so yeah, lo loads of positives. Um, yeah, a few negatives, one or two negatives, but that's the game of football, and it, and it creates for a, a really entertaining game. And you know, we'll we'll probably remember that game way more than we. We, we will against you know Burnley where most things went our way um, you know it, it was a game that we you know we had to come back from adversity in and you kind of they're the ones that stick in the memory for longer yeah and, and if I remember rightly we, I mean we're standing there in the West End we're 2-0 um, 2-1 up in the second beginning of the second half or sort of the second half was going on with 2-1 down sorry not 2-1 up and I remember we turned around and we all went it's actually a really good game. You know, everyone's going, that's actually a good game, isn't it? It's like, yeah, even though you're losing, <clears throat> you actually commented it was a good game. And to me, you know, listen, you want to win, but also like as a football fan, and I keep saying that, you know, you know, you, I'd, I'd, I'd love going through the exciting games, like, you know what I'm saying? But only if you can win at the end of it, like, you know, like the well, Bournemouth game when you've gone 2-0 down on aggregate, and you're like, oh, now we're going to go out of the playoffs and then you end up winning. Those are the best wins, like, you know what I'm saying? The last minute winners, all that kind of stuff. Those are, those, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but Man United fans must have loved their win against us because they like, you know, they were out, out for the count and then all of a sudden they get two goals in the last minute. And that's much better than having scoring two goals in the first minute. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Bill, I said to you, didn't I? I stood next to you and 2-1 down, I said to you, you take a draw and you went, no. Yeah. And then at 2-2, I said, take a draw. And you went, no. no. So, and at 3-2 up, you, you take a draw. Take a and, you draw. Went, and you went, yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. No, so I think, so what, what I, the reason I bring that up is I, I think we could all sense that it wasn't going to end 2-1 to them. Yeah, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Uh, and, 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 and Sherlock, I'm just saying, you've got Sherlock Holmes in the house here as well. I mean, there's, there's lots of very lovely, lovely moments during that game. Uh, tell us something, p just pick out one or two moments for you that that made you purr. Um, I'll take uh, Mbwemo and Jensen out on the wing, just passing the ball back between them a couple of times to try and find the perfect cross. I Which think they did. that might have been for... Uh, Colin's header. I'll take Colin's first goal as well. I was I was wearing I got a Wolves mate who was delighted to see the back of Nathan Collins. I think him and Pinnock are starting to look really, really good together and I was so happy with his goal and so happy with how he was for his goal. And I mean if you're talking about purring, man, we've got to go back to Malpai. Like I, I was I'll hold my hands up and say I was one of the people who thought it was a bit of a panic buy. I didn't really see what we were doing there. He looks so happy to be playing for Brentford and he looks so happy to score. And his post-match interview was like Oscar-worthy in terms of the emotion that was on show, except it wasn't acting, it was legit. Like, just so happy for him, man. So, so happy for him. Yeah, it's good yeah. to see him smiling. Definitely. His and, little and also... face, his little face at the yeah. end, when we were yeah. doing food, he was absolutely radiating joy. It was like, I thought, oh, bless him. I just wanted to take him home and mother him. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, <laughs> he was... He was so happy. Uh, never, heard was it so happy. Ne never heard it called that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I say that for somebody else, as you know. <laughs> yeah, and and just um, and, and and talking about the, and you talk about the Collins and Jensen thing. It's like Jensen's cross to Collins as well was absolutely sublime as well. I mean, that mm. cross was amazing to 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 to, 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 to Collins as well. I mean, um, Laney, any 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 moments for you? Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to jump on the Strakosa bandwagon, actually. I'm, I'm going to say that a couple of his paths... I mean, obviously, there's the goals and the crosses and the, and the you know, the, the trickery. But I'm, I'm actually going to go... A couple of times, I, I looked at you and I looked at a couple of... I looked at Carey behind and I went, this is the goalkeeper we've been waiting for. And he was already here. 
but he, he wasn't in the right frame of mind and he wasn't confident enough. The, on this form, he was he was undroppable, and I think he will be dropped on Sunday. But, <laughs> but but I don't think we should necessarily drop him. I, I don't. I'm not wishing Flecken hasn't recovered. Obviously, I'm, I'm wishing he's recovered, but I, I, I'm not worried if he isn't because I, I think Strakosa on that form he looked the best passer of the ball and the the most assured uh, replacement for for, <clears throat> for Raya that I could I could imagine so a couple of those little balls over the over the sort of right winger to to uh, to um, the our, our, our left back that had bombed on a little bit so yeah I, I thought the little dinked passes he, he looked really assured and um, it, I, I was really, really sort of pleased to, to see him sort of kind of start to show the, the form that we, we hoped he was capable of. Yeah. And Ali, any, any, any purrs for you? Oh, there, there were loads. But I think uh, there was, uh, I think it was just great at the end. When me came on, probably <laughs> won two edges and put a block in all within a space of 30 seconds. It was classic Ben Me. It's like Ben Me broke the career. In thirty seconds, and uh, yeah, that that was just it was just great. With the, and the crowd right behind me going, me. It was. I mean, you know, it was great. Great yeah, to see. Fine. Great to see him back. Yeah, we've we've, we've missed again. You talk about it, like you know, we we didn't have the dance scene for six months because, like, you know, one of our last wins before, you know, the the, the win um, last week against Burnley was like last what last May it was oh it's Man City wasn't it Man City <laughs> so it's like last May and then from May to October we hadn't actually won dark. I mean that was a bit of close season but we don't talk about that um, you know so but we hadn't danced for six months so all that but also the Ben Me scenario we hadn't got Ben Me and I think that the fans missed him so much when he came on. Everyone was potty for it, and then he came on, and he made the blocks that because we thought, look, if West Ham score, we're in all sorts of trouble here. You know what I'm saying? Boom, block, block, and the me, that the volume of the me was just was, was tremendous, wasn't it? Like you know what I'm saying? You know, just turn yeah. up the yeah, turn up the volume, which is great. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. So that was good. I, I, for, for me, I had a me. For me, I had a, <laughs> my moment as well, which I thought was great. Was uh, just describe me. It, it's Ben Rama's miss. You know, it was it was it was that Antonio <laughs> Ben Rama moment, which was because we sort of kind of sort of but we didn't quite know what was going on we were thinking how did he miss that but then when you saw it back you're thinking oh my god how did what how did that happen why did they do that like you know and it literally it's, it's hard to describe but you know the ball was coming in literally ben ram was just about putting the back of the net then antonio who's obviously struggling because he's like he's not where he was at the peak when um martin allen we had him on a podcast a few years ago he goes antonio the best striker in the world he's going to play for england he's going to play for scotland he's going to play for Brazil, he'll play for everybody at the same time. We're like, Are you sure, Martin? You know, so but now obviously he's he's dipped a little bit and he's desperate for a goal. So he was desperate to put the ball in the back of the net and he actually basically completely fluffed it and basically took it off Ben Rama's toe and it went wide. So we were very happy, Antonio. So he went nuts, didn't he? He went absolutely nuts. Yeah, he was furious. Absolutely livid, what, yeah. it was a wonderful angle of match of day of him just like yeah, absolutely yeah. livid. Yeah, and I think that you know, to be quite honest, you agent Antonio, because as you also know, that he, he well, he should have played for Brentford, and I think he probably in the back of his head thinks, look, you know, I should have played for you, but maybe if I just do this now, you might actually take me back, and I can play for you again. 
so which is all good but anyway um talk, talk, just listen i'm just going to give you the, the little uh, the, the, the 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 way that game flowed you know what i'm saying for that one for, for so for brentford we were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from the flanks as well and we were strong at finishing weaknesses we didn't really actually have any weaknesses as well for west ham they were effective creating goal scoring opportunities from the flanks but they were aggressive and gave away a lot of free kicks around the box we attacked down their right and uh, they played with width down the right side they favored crossing the ball and favored long shots as well ratings neil may pay um, on whoscored.com got the highest with 7.9 as well then you got um mohammed as well 7.7 nathan collins 7.6 frank onyeka 7.5 and michael antonio the goal robber 7.3 as well this is according to whoscored.com so just giving you a little vibe as to kind of what was going on there on the on the pitch there as well um just listen any 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 last thoughts on on that west ham game i mean you know i'll I tell you something as well the atmosphere was good as well wasn't it yeah i, th- I thought it was i thought it was ec- i thought it was really good um uh it's it's, it's just difficult sometimes when you're you're 2-1 behind because sometimes it just the pressure of it it, it, it gets a little not toxic but I just, I just felt it echoed what I just said about you Bill when I, I think the fans could feel that something was was going to happen and even when we were behind the game was way from over I think there was a real belief uh, on and off the pitch on Saturday and that's that's what comes from a couple of wins I think that Burnley the Burnley game was 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 critical we win that and then I think you know that 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 like pressure release that allows the team to kind of like be a bit more confident and a bit more expressive and again the fans get get just a little bit more comfortable when things don't go their way they don't get on the players back they actually think that they're capable of doing something over the 90. I think I think um two things struck me was sort of like we were kicking towards Eastern second half and uh, it's quite unusual for the Western to get so potty for it when we're kicking towards the East End. But I think the beer for 30p a pint might have had something to do with that. I mean, I, we didn't get there early. I mean, I, I, had a, I had a game in the morning, so I didn't get there literally till the kickoff again. But you got pre-order I, it, Bill. Yeah, I heard a few pre-order. people were, were quite potty for the for the beer at, uh, at, 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 at expense a pint. virtually here again. Past performance is no indication of future returns. It seems that that's not a phrase that applies to Brentford when playing Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League, nor when we play West Ham home or away, as it was another true-to-form result, ending in another three points on Saturday. And maybe it wasn't looking so certain at half-time, as it was the first time this season in the league that we got into the break losing. In his time in charge, Thomas has had to give six previous team talks at 2-1 down at the break with three ending in wins and three defeats. The last one in a home game was when Blackburn visited Griffin Park in 2019, and we turned that around to win 5-2 against a side with David Rea in goal. Neil Morpai scored his first goal in his second spell, in front of the West Stand. His last in his first time with us was in a 3-0 win over Preston, also in 2019, in front of the Ealing Road fans, 1,644 days ago. For the first time this season, we added an own goal to our score sheet. We've had a couple of these in each of our Premier League seasons so far, although we have a few more to go to beat the seven our opponents scored for us in the 1954-55 season, 
when own goals were our fourth highest scorer of the season. We saw Thomas Tatoyska replace the injured Mark Flecken at half-time. It was back in 2012 that we last had two keepers, having 45 minutes each, when Simon Moore left the bench to replace Richard Lee at half-time in a 4-0 win over Carlisle. But our first ever sub-goalkeeper was Gordon Phillips in 1970 in a game at Crewe, in an era when we could have just one sub. He wasn't there as starting goalkeeper Chick Brodie had a niggling injury, nor that manager Frank Blundstone had a premonition that he would need a sub-keeper, rather that we were in the midst of an injury crisis and Phillips was one of just only 12 fit players we had at the time. Although two keepers may have helped to keep the score down as we lost the game 5-3, Gordon remained as an unused sub. And just coming back to talking about the West End, I'll just give you a little, few little JB facts and figures and stats and stats on that one as well. Um, 80% of the league games at the GTEC, um, as we call it, we attack the West End in the second half. So basically 80% we attack towards our end in the second half. Um, but this season, it's only been 50%. So 50-50. And we've actually won 49% of the games the usual way round, so attacking towards the West End, and just 35% the wrong way. Okay, so we scored a total of 65 goals in the West End with 41 at the East End, and conceding goals are pretty even with about 35, 36 as well. So that just gives you an idea, like I said to you, how this season we've 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 seemed to have got over our sort of kind of, well, I say non-kicking, non-kicking towards the way that we like to who do. It, it still does feel a bit funny, there, doesn't it, Laney? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I love beating them though. I I I, I look to um, the games at the uh, the taxpayers' stadium, and uh, just just the fact when they've been goading us and and giving it large, and then we've we've beaten them twice, and just seeing them slink out and uh, yeah, I, I love beating West Ham. I love beating all the way. I love beating all the London clubs. Though. But didn't you feel nervous when we were kicking the wrong? I mean, because I don't know. I, I, I only realized not like really no in. not really no hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I, I am quite, I'm quite superstitious, but I'm, I'm, that doesn't actually, that, it doesn't bother me that much, no. Uh, I think we just have to agree that Norgard is, is rubbish at winning the toss, isn't he? You know, this, <laughs> this, this, it's only happened since Norgard's been regularly captain in the team. If it's Tony, if it's Pontus, we seem to be all right. Norgard comes along and... He's lose the toss every other game. It's Jensen's. It's Jensen's fault. Right? Yeah, Jensen's fault. Yeah, that's Jensen's right. Well, Sadiq's can't fault actually, but you know we won't. <laughs> we, we won't go there. You know, so, you know, so that's a bit of an in joke. But you know, some people will get it and some people won't. But we shall move on yeah. immediately. Let's just blame somebody from yeah. everything, all the things of the world. But we shall move on. Um, let's look. Uh, tell you something. We've had JB giving us some facts and funks, but also we're going to go over to the US. We're going to go to the Gowler. 
the bees break down posse. They're going to give us a bit of a lowdown, the statistical and statistical and the tactical lowdown on the West Ham game. And also they're going to look forward to the Manchester United game. Liverpool. Liverpool. Listen, he's, he's going to look forward to the Manchester United game and also he might talk about Liverpool as well. They're both playing red, Bill. You're right. <laughs> hey, this is Jacob Gallery with Bees Breakdown. Uh, here to do a quick West Ham review and then talk a little bit about the Liverpool match. So West Ham created 1.8 XG to Brentford's 1.6, but 0.96 of West Ham's XG was from hitting the post and then that tap in for their second goal. Uh, West Ham did allow Brentford to hold possession. The Bees ended with 58% possession, and West Ham created some chances from transitional moments, but really struggled to take advantage of them. Otherwise, Brentford did well, keeping West Ham in wide areas. Trakosha didn't even face a shot on target in the second half. I thought that their 4-4-2 led them to having trouble stopping Brentford's buildup. They tried to make some adjustments, but they never could really sort it out, which partly was from Brentford being able to build up in a variety of ways. I thought that Brentford did really well with their positioning to allow them to consistently win those second balls. In fact, Norgard is second in the Premier League for loose ball recoveries with 84. I also thought that Jensen had an outstanding game with seven shot grading actions, four passes into the penalty area, and he connected on 10 out of 13 long passes. All right, now for that Liverpool preview. So they're third in the Premier League table. They've created the most XG with 24.8. But part of that is due to having the most shots with 196. Uh, and they they have one of the lowest shots on target percentage and lo- longest average shot distance, which statistically Brentford is one of the best teams in the Premier League for forcing long shots and low XG chances. So you may see Liverpool end up with a, a high amount of XG, but... It might be those those low percentage shots. And Liverpool are a very pass-heavy team. They've recorded the most key passes and progressive passes in the league. And they average 58.5% possession. And they've only let in 10 goals, which is the fourth lowest in the Premier League. They also have the fourth lowest PPDA, which means that we really should expect that high press from them. They also lead the Premier League in loose ball recoveries as Klopp loves to counter-press, so the Bees will most likely resort to using those long balls in order to prevent them from winning back possession deep in Brentford's half. Uh, Liverpool also has the second-highest aerial dual win percentage at 58.1%, which is another thing to watch as Brentford try to take advantage of set plays that has really given Liverpool trouble in the past. So there you go, the Gowler. The Gowler. The Gowler in the house. Bees breakdown. Talking about Manchester United. No, he wasn't. He's was talking about Liverpool <laughs> there as well. He wanted to talk about Man United because Man United, you know, and Liverpool. Yeah, you, got had, a to, you thing, had to correct him, didn't you, Bill? They had, a, they had a thing going on. They've got a thing going on. But at the end of the day, <laughs> listen, he's, he's shifted off Man United. He's gone on to Liverpool and we know exactly what's going down in Liverpool. But more importantly, West Ham. Go and check him out on beesotted.com. He's got his articles, the Bees breakdown articles. They're brilliant. Uh, a tactical lowdown, statistical lowdown of, of basically the game on a blow-by-blow basis. Photographs, diagrams, pointy fingers, all sorts of malarkey going on there. Really, really good. And yes, the Gowler oh, is in oh, the hold house. Hold on, Bill. Bill yeah. um, did you read the comment on Facebook? Apparently, that we might as well um, put all of those um, uh, bees breakdowns together in a book and hand it out to the opposition coaches. But apparently... We by doing that we're 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 giving away all the all the Brentford secrets. 
Okay, we're giving them we're giving away our secrets. So basically, all the other teams do not have anybody that watches no. our team at all. They just sort of sit down there and they all turn up on a Saturday. No, they and, don't. And, and, and they, and they all, all read and random they, Facebook pages. They, that's right. They I'm pick, amazed they pick, we're not bottom no, of the yeah, intel. No, no, yeah. They pick names out of the hat yeah. and let anybody... Apparently, they've got no stats of their own. They just look <laughs> at that article. That's it. They haven't, uh, got, they haven't got a team of analysts and video uh, replays. They, got, they haven't got any other information apart from the Gowler. No, the gala. But the saying that as well. Saying that as well. I mean, I, I noticed as well, and I didn't notice until it popped up on one of my feeds. Even the official club site's got their own gala. So I've seen they've done their own bees breakdown with. They've got some statistical guy, and he's done exactly the same thing. No, that's out of order. On, on the on the club website. Well, well you know what? They they might as well put it all in together in a book and just hand it out <laughs> to, the, to the. They might as well just do that, mightn't they? Yeah. I'll tell you something, they might as well tell Thomas Frank to go down to the opposition and actually kind of like get his PowerPoint out and his whiteboard yeah. and sit in front of the opposition team and tell him exactly, exactly what they need, actually, because he knows exactly what they need, doesn't he? Yeah, and Brian and Boomer, he's rubbish as well, isn't he? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, listen, we should move on from this sarcasm here, because it's not, sarcasm is not funny, okay, no, Laney? Lowest no, form of wit. Yeah, it's the lowest yes. form of, yes. I mean, yes. it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listen we have finished talking about manchester united okay and we're thinking about talking about liverpool at some stage we played west Ham before we played burnley and we've had miss middlesbrough that we talked about a few weeks beforehand right it's all getting very wine shaped here in the virtual joint we're going to go away have a glass of water because i think that will probably clear things up for everyone we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the manchester united, sorry we're going to talk about the liverpool <laughs> game <laughs> Liverpool. I love going to Liverpool. I love Liverpool fans. I love just laughs going up to Liverpool and playing Liverpool because pretty much every game that we played against Liverpool, there's been something that happened. I mean, up there we haven't done so well, but down at New Griffin Park, oh my God, the two games that were down there, oh, they're just absolutely fantastic. One of them, the free all game ball, that was great. And then beating them was on a next level last season. But we're going up there. We've got the first taster up there up in Liverpool and so we're going to have to go up there and we're going to have to hold our ground against Liverpool who are doing pretty well this season doing much better this season at this stage than they were doing last season when they were a little bit all over the place to be quite honest with you so it's not going to be nearly as easy at this stage but at the end of the day as we know anything can happen I'm looking forward to going up to Liverpool I'm, I'm, I'm on a there and back of this time I'm not staying over overnight like I normally do I, I, I cancelled the 75 hotels that I normally book up in <laughs> Liverpool um, because no one wanted to take any of them off me but just to let you know if you, if you go to any away games I always book about 75 hotels so I've always got hotels free so contact us if you need a hotel at any stage um, but no but we're going up on a day or back and I'm very very much looking forward to it looking forward to looking up with the Hanfield rap, rap crew who we will be chatting to in a little bit and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully at least taking a point off of Liverpool. Ali, how about you? Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the trip. Uh, Travelling more and hope than expectation, I have to say. But, you know, that has happened before and uh, the hope has triumphed over the expectation. So, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be, it'll be you know, Liverpool's a great city. It's a great city to go out in and uh, it's, it's always a good trip. Um, I think it'll be tough this time. I think it'll be tough. You know, I think... Uh, Without a recognised left back against Stallo, who's been in really good form, I think that's going to be hard. I think we'll probably go to three at the back. I think me may come in there. Mm. Right, right back, possibly Rose left at left back. Who knows? Uh, and I think we'll try and catch them on the break. Um, but I think it. I think it's a, it, 
it's a tough ask away to Liverpool, you know, with with a full strength side and uh, with with some key players missing. I think it, it it's become that bit tougher. But you know, this this team continues to surprise us. So uh, yeah, I would I wouldn't write off. I'll stop write them off getting some sort of result there. No, no. I mean, Laney. Listen, Liverpool. We've had some laughs up of there. I mean, last year we 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 experienced Eurovision. You know, we went to we went to oh, Liverpool, yeah. and there was all, there's all sorts of other stuff that was going on in and around us in the world. But you had no idea it was going on because it's almost like Liverpool is in a world in its own, and it got taken over by Eurovision. To be quite honest with you, I mean, I thought it'd be pretty cheesy, pretty crap, but it was actually a, quite a bit of a laugh, and everybody literally like everybody then there was just in a really good mood you know even if you weren't sort of embracing Eurovision as as such they kind of just liked the idea that the that the, the city was just enjoying itself and having and having a laugh and it was good wasn't it it's coronation as well isn't it? yeah <laughs> there's like I said there's all sorts going on mm. that you had no idea that was going on in Liverpool mm. itself because it was just basically just doing its mm. own thing yeah no it would I, I it's a bit it's, it's a bit groundhog for me i think it, was, it, it seems five seconds ago but obviously it wasn't it was at the beginning of the summer or the end you know mid-spring or whatever um we sat we had, we had a good we had a good sort of day after didn't we did a did a did a lot of walking and a lot of drinking and it was it, it, it was a, it was a really really good afternoon um I, I do i do enjoy going up up to, to to Merseyside, it's you know the, the, the steeped in football tradition and history, and going to Anfield is, is always a little bit special. Uh, we do own one there. Um, I'm not sure it's going to happen this weekend though, as, as Ali said. You know, having Hickey out and Rico out, and you know we're we're we're, we're plugging gaps in both fullback positions really. Um, and you, you need to be at your best up there. Uh, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not dreading going up there, thinking, "My God, you know, we, we could really get turned over." Well, of course we could. Um, I think we'd do all right, but I think you know, I think they're going to be a bit too strong for us. Yeah, and, and listen, I mean, you, we've talked about it a little bit. I'm going to come to you, the Sherlock. Afterwards, we talked to Neil from the Anfield Rap because I had a little chat with him a little bit earlier today. And uh, he's very happy at the time, in fact, but he's probably not as happy now because obviously I, I, I made a little joke on the Anfield Rap podcast and I talked about it's no time to lose and, you know, a little plan words on to lose. Fortunately, I think they've lost to lose now. So I'm thinking, oh no, it's probably not the best time to drop that joke. But saying that, they're third in the league at the moment now and they're playing Brentford and they know that they need to get a result against us. So let's listen to happen to have a little chat with Neil, have a little listen to the chat that I had with Neil a little bit early on today, talking about Brentford and Liverpool. So big game at the weekend, going up to Liverpool. It's on a Sunday. I don't think it's on the box. I think it's because Liverpool are European. Well, they're not quite European champions, but they're playing out in Europe as well. (laughs) So they need an extra day's rest, an extra day's rest to get over their jet lag from coming from sort of France or wherever they're playing. I've got no (laughs) idea where they're playing. But anyway, we got in the studio here, Neil, from the Anfield Rap. Neil, how you doing? Very well indeed. It's Toulouse. We're in Toulouse. All right. You better, uh, not, you better not to lose, mate. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's The jokes just write themselves when you play Toulouse. Uh, yes. So you should always play to win. <laughs> that's right. I've heard Chelsea play Toulouse, actually. Every time they play us, actually. <laughs> uh, Stamford Bridge. But we won't, we won't go there because this is the Brentford-Chelsea. Uh, um, Brentford-Liverpool podcast. Okay. But anyway, listen, Neil, which is all good, like I said to you. But you're smiling away because you aren't... Um, probably doing a little bit better than the last time around about the same time last season when things were going a little bit peculiar for you weren't they Talk to- yeah 
yeah, there's. I mean, we're not doing a little bit better than I expected. Uh, I think that there's a bit of catching up that's going on from the people who, um, in a national sense, get paid uh, to write and talk about football for big papers and big big radio stations. Because I think there was there's always a rush with every with every club. Um, you know, it happens to Manchester United as well. It's just that where Manchester United are concerned, it's deserved uh, to write off their chances uh, when when the opportunity comes. We've what we have. Um, what we start the season with is I feel like we've got the best goalkeeper in the league and we've got the best attack in the league and if you've got both of those things you've always got a chance and you've always got a chance of playing well and going on a run and that's what we've had what we didn't have last season was firstly a lot of fitness I think there was a lot of exertions from the season before that had done people in uh, we were around this time beginning to miss Jota uh, and Diaz both of them were out for extended periods but what we also had was a midfield that all of a sudden really looked at age the season before Liverpool had gone all the way in the league and the, uh, and the Champions League and had won the domestic cup double uh, but I think those exertions and also the adrenaline that those exertions actually gave the older players led to Liverpool running a couple of them one season too many and taking them a few games too far. And so last season, I think it's fair to say, legs fell off. But I think the other thing that happened as well was hope disappeared. When you... And this sound, this is very, very, you know, big club privileged. But the year before, Liverpool had tried to win every trophy that it was possible to win. And by the time Liverpool got to October last season, it was clear Liverpool probably weren't going to win a thing. And I think that really demoralised a lot of Liverpool's players. And in loads of ways, that's not acceptable. You know, your players should always be at 100%. But I think it's understandable from a human point of view. And I think that made legs that were already feeling heavy feel even heavier. I think it made every story feel like a hard luck story. And I think that Liverpool players were beginning to look for excuses. It was all a bit too hard. That changes when we get to about the March, April of last season. We go 2-0 down at home to Arsenal. And we're dreadful. And it was at Anfield. And Anfield, the players and the Liverpool side just almost decided enough was enough, that we weren't going to stand for this anymore and everyone was going to get a lot better quickly. And by a lot better quickly, I mean in about 15 minutes. Uh, we turned that round to a two-all. The whole place is a fairness. And since then, since literally that moment, we've only lost one league game. Um, as, as odd as that might seem given the fact that we don't finish in the top four at the end of that season we've only lost one league game and the performances are broadly speaking being in line with a side that can expect to get around 80-85 points not quite nailed onto the 90 marker yet that we've been in the past but something changed and something gave and then the next thing that happens is another after transfers some of the older players have left uh, who, who, who were, were toiling a little bit in the middle of the park some younger lads have come in and they've, they've, they've settled in relatively quickly and the one thing there's been is no more excuses and the manager's got no more excuses and the manager doesn't want any excuses Liverpool have been very 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 focused uh, in the start of the campaign I think they've believed since pre-season that they're capable of a great deal and so we sit here now three points off City obviously a tough game at the weekend coming against Brentford but with, with genuine optimism that this is a season that Liverpool can, can lift some silverware and I would argue as I said before can break 80 points can maybe break 85 points and if they can break 90 points then they can have a genuine interest in this title by next May yeah, so I mean, just going back to last season, so quickly. So the marks out of ten that you give last season, I'm just interested because obviously it didn't quite go to plan. But to me, it sounds like it was a bit more of a transition season for you. Yeah, I think it was a little bit, but I don't think that everyone knew that. I think that Liverpool have been trying to do evolution, not revolution, 
and I think it gets to the end of last season and they need to actually do revolution. So they devolved the, the attack, you know, uh, Diaz had come in in the January of 2022, uh, Nunez comes in in the um, July of 2022, and then in the December slash January of 22 turn into 23, Gakpo comes in. And this is now a whole new attack with Jota and Salah, Jota relatively new signed uh, in the summer of 2020, and obviously Salah being here since 17. You know, Mane and Firmino now both left, um, Origi left, Minamino left. You know, those footballers have moved on, and Liverpool were, were, were doing something new and different. So I think that that was a transition that was taking place and it was happening. But I think Liverpool had the idea they would do you know do a bit of a staggered midfield thing over the course of this summer and then fade that and do that sort of stuff but given ultimately that Liverpool that Jordan Henderson wanted to go and that Fabinho the offer made by the Saudi Arabian club was was given the age of the player and the performances he put in for the previous 12 months and the fact that he looked shattered frankly I think Liverpool felt he couldn't leave that money on the table so they did it and from there, then, that's led to that being a, a much more drastic process. So you'd give last season five out of ten because, you know, let's be clear about this, Liverpool still come fifth. You know, they've, they've, they still play some good football. They beat Man United 7-0. Mm-hmm. You know, all the way through the season, it's it's like pockmarked. We beat Man City at home. You know, it's pockmarked with odd results the season where Liverpool play actually ever so well and there's a bit of a raging against the dying of the light. But there's only really consistent results in the last ten league games of the season. Before that point... Well, there were consistent results in January and February. They were consistently bad, but they were consistent. Uh, but by the end of the season, there's only consistently positive results, April and May. So you give it sort of four or five out of ten. You wouldn't want to give it a one or a two because that's that's not getting any European football at all and being dreadful and, and, and awful to watch. That's a, that's when we were managed by Roy Hodgson. Mm. This is, you know, this was, but it but it still wasn't good. Um, and it is now much better. Yeah, so I mean, so obviously the start of the season, you're much happier. Third place, you are behind Spurs and behind Manchester City, of course, like you know what I'm saying. And and like I said to you, you it's interesting because you said that you, you you haven't lost in 10 home games, I think you said, or 10 games, 10 league matches, was it, that you said that you haven't lost in. However, you almost lost recently, Luton Town. I mean, it was like you were on the edge, yeah. weren't you? I mean, just talk yeah, to me yeah. about that. Yeah, we've as I said, we've only lost the one. The one game we have lost is the one against Tottenham, which comes with its own set of circumstances and story. Luton, we don't play very well, but we create a ton of opportunities. You know, through the game, we're never that fluent, but they frustrate us and they play. You know, they play well and they've got their plan, and they execute it pretty well. But you know, we have repeated opportunities to go one 0 up, and we don't take them, and you get punished. Last season, when we were poor, we were wilting. We weren't creating very much and we go 1-0 down and you felt it was never going to come back. It was different against Luton. You know, it was more one of them. They happen to every team every now and again where you... It's not quite the... the, I mean, the keeper did get man of the match, but it's not quite the idea that the keeper's pulling off worldy after worldy. But you're just not putting the ball uh, into the back of the net when the opportunities are presenting themselves. And then at some point, because a well-coached team, which is what I think Luton are. Um, a well-drilled team will find a way to punish it if you're not careful. But even then, we still managed to get the, the late equaliser to get it back to 1-1. And, and I've done this in seasons gone by where you're trying to win a title and draws feel like defeats. That one didn't because, because of the experience of last season where daft points, difficult games became almost embarrassing non-events. That didn't. 
you know, it, it felt like it's still a bit of a positive marker point, and obviously it's helped by virtue of the fact that Diaz scores the equaliser, given everything that's going on in his personal life. So that also mitigated against the blow a little bit. Don't don't get me wrong, you know, an hour after full time, I was furious and raging and felt as though they needed to be better. But as the times passed, it feels it feels like and listen, the proof of the puddings, a lot of it's in this game on Sunday. You know, if Liverpool drop points again, then that draw against Luton will feel will feel like more of a blow. But you know, last season Man City win the league and they drop points in two games against the sides that finish in the bottom ten home and away. Only two games. Hmm. But but they do drop points in two. And you can't create a football world for yourself where you can't draw against a, a well organised side on their ground who've got a really clear plan when you have a bit of an off day in front of goal. Like if you decide that that's an unacceptable occurrence in football, then Stop going to football, <laughs> frankly, yeah. because it, you're just giving yourself a path of misery. So yeah. Liverpool have got to be able to take the positives from that. There were positives to take from it, even though they don't play particularly well. Uh, there's learning to take from it as well. I think they put themselves through a really brutal 100-minute game at Bournemouth where maybe the manager picked a few too many of his big hitters in the League Cup through the wind and the rain because it was playing in a hurricane, literally in a hurricane at times. So maybe he needs to have a little think about that. They need to have a little think about that. But on the whole... The looting thing is, all right, it's one of them, put it behind us, move on, and there's this massive game now on Sunday. It's interesting because you, you, you've, you've actually got a, a slightly different outlook uh, on, on matches than you did probably when I spoke to you a couple of years ago. Because I remember when I spoke to you as well, and, and you were thinking, basically, we, you know, you've got your match, we have to win this match. We have to, if, you, if you dropped points against a team that you, inverted commas, weren't expected to drop points, it was all over. It was end yeah. of season, you know, no, you're not going to win the league, you know, it's still, interesting. Yeah, there's still, but there's still a part of that. But I think you've got to allow yourself one or two. My, my, what that Luton's result has done is given Liverpool no less wiggle room. You know, last season Arsenal don't win the league and they drop points against five of the teams that finish in the bottom ten. City do win the league, they drop points against two of the teams that finish in the bottom ten. My point here is that you can't now drop points against, let's just say, more than three. So we've used one of our three. But the flip side of it is we are a third of the way into the season. This is game 12 coming up, you know. So from our point of view, it's going to happen every now and again, but it can only be every now and again. And so it's, you know, the, the, it puts more pressure on Sunday and it puts more pressure on, you know, we, we, in, we come back after the international break, we play City, but then the next three games, Fulham, um, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace, two of those are away. And we need nine points because all three of them will finish in the bottom half. Fulham will finish 15th or lower. They're not a good side at the minute, Fulham, I don't think. I think they've they've got a year too long. You know, Palace, whilst difficult at Selhurst Park, are a tough side in a couple of ways and they've got a few good players, but they're, they're not a, you know, they shouldn't be seen as, as, as an impossible team to face. And Sheffield United, who, by the way, Manchester City go to Bramall Lane earlier this season and it needs a Rodri 87th minute winner to make it 2-1. It will not be easy. It won't be a walk in the park. But what the result against Luton means is that, well, there's no there's no hiding places in those three games. It's got to be nine points if you want to be able to do what you want to do. You get a couple of these, but you can't start having six or seven of them because if you do, you're not going to win anything. Yeah, you, you spoke a little bit earlier as well. You're very excited about, you know, the, the evolution of your side, as you say, the players coming yeah. through. You've got the play, you know, the older players going out, new players coming through. Um, who's exciting you? Just, just, just give us one or two players oh. that are actually exciting you. So Barcelona's obviously really, really good, and he looks like you know he looks like he's been playing for Liverpool. He looks like he's got two hundred games for Liverpool, not twenty. Um, he's full of poise, and he, it, sometimes you sign a player, 
and they just look immediately like they belong. And that's Sabo's like, and it doesn't just look like he belongs playing at Anfield, it looks like he belongs playing at the very highest level of club football uh, straight away, you know, effectively almost from day one. He's looked like he just belongs, so he's, he's remarkably exciting. And I think that there's still a lot more to come from McAllister, but he shows he has shown in patches what he's about. Now, we haven't got him someday he's suspended. Uh, he's got five yellow cards, which, by the way, we're going to see more and more of uh, mm. in the next sort of three or four weeks because the referees have been unbelievably yellow card happy this season. So a number of players are going to start missing out uh, here and there on a five-card suspension. It's McAllister's turn. He's the first one for Liverpool so far this season. So he's not going to be available for this one against Brentford, and it is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Uh, just turning to the Brentford game, obviously, obviously, Bees, you, I mean, you listen, we chat, you know, probably once every yeah. two or three weeks. You know, I, come, I was on the Enfield, I'm going to be on the Enfield rep this week as well. I'm probably on the Enfield rep about once every three weeks, and I do very, very much enjoy it. But, you know, your knowledge of the Bees is very, very high. You watch football, you're a football person. Um, last season, obviously, we were very happy because we, we got a little bit of a, got a little bit of a win. Well, you know what I'm saying? We got a little yeah. bit of excitement down at uh, New Griffin Park, as it was, which is great. A great game as well. Obviously, went back to Liverpool, and it didn't quite go according to plan up there as well where you you actually did a say so it's almost like you could say it was even stevens if you although even if you want to sort of take it on aggregate i think maybe we might have actually uh oh comfortably <laughs> which is all good but tell us something just talk to me about brentford quickly and 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 the things that the players that may kind of concern you i say considering we've got loads of injuries by the way yeah yeah i think first and foremost i think that you get to see with brentford for me, there's two things. I think Brentford have got a brilliant underlying structure in terms of how they play and what the manager expects and the understanding that players have got. It's really interesting because you talk about Brentford and we can really stop to talk about the, the sort of the new, you know, the, the, the use of data uh, and the intelligence that guides Brentford from a sort of from, from the top down. But I think a lot of the virtues that Thomas Frank himself has, but also wants in his players, they're old-fashioned football virtues. Brentford's team, Brentford's squad, to me, with one or two exceptions, um, mostly amongst the younger players, I'd argue, is a set of footballers who, first and foremost, work very hard and who are, secondly, really well-educated and really clever players. So there's this thing with Brentford that whenever I see them, which is that they always have, A, this really strong underlying structure and philosophy, for want of a better way, this sense of this is how we play. But then, B, the other thing that Brentford are able to do is they tweak cleverly game by game. It's not just as obvious as the big tweak of certain teams at home will play a back four against, certain teams away will play a back three against. It's more the idea of, right, we feel as though we can get at this side down their left flank. So we overload in that area, we tilt the team, we play asymmetrically and we, we, we look to see if we can punish them there. The other team, this next opponent, they might be weaker down the left. This other side, you might be able to overload them in midfield. Let's do a little bit of that. Whilst always staying true to the way in which Brentford quite consistently play. And I think that that's the thing you've got to watch out for. The, my, my point is that a lot of teams come, every team that comes to Anfield has an Anfield game plan. But a number of sides, certainly those that don't expect to finish in the in the, in the top, say, sort of six or seven, um, and rate Manchester United there as you see fit. A lot of sides come to Anfield and they have the idea of how do we how do we stop Liverpool predominantly and go from there? I think Brentford turn up with definitely some of that, but also how do we hurt them? 
And I think Brentford go everywhere with her. This is what we need to work on to ensure that we can stop them. But also, part of how we stop them is we have this way in which we are going to hurt them. And they're going to have to worry about this. And it's not an afterthought. It's not, well, we'll just hit some pace in wide channels. It's not, well, maybe we'll put a big man in and see what we can get. It's not even the idea of set pieces. While well, set pieces play a massive part in Brentford's game, there's, well, this is how we win our set pieces. And then this is what we do with them. We don't just wait until we get a set piece off a bit of luck because someone ran into someone. This is how we're going to do it. And I think that's the most impressive thing about Brentford. And you can obviously rightly put that down to the coach but you've also got to say these are clever footballers these footballers are not you know these are footballers who can be coached and coached well and being able to be coached I think is is worthy of praise and it's always we talk a lot about managers now when you talk about football but it's always the 11 or 14 or 15 or 16 who end up on the pitch who have actually got to put this into practice so you know when you play Brentford you're going to get a challenge and I think every team now knows that home and away you're going to get a challenge it'll be a different challenge away but you're going to get a challenge, and that's what I'm expecting on Sunday. And then in amongst there, you know, I, th- I think that Jensen's looked really, really good this season. Whenever I've caught Brentford, I've been impressed with him. Um, I think that I'm intrigued to see the direction of travel uh, that Aya ends up on because I feel as though he's just a teeny little bit inconsistent, but when he hits the heights, I think he looks like a, an absolute top-quality central defender who can play really progressive football and reads the game well and, and can pass forward with he punches it through the lines which I think is is pretty cool and pretty impressive and then obviously you know when Bueno is an exciting footballer um, I think he's 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 one who again a lot of his movement sort of belies his years I think he's a really he's got pace and you can talk about the pace but loads of players have got pace and Bueno is is really really cunning with it he knows he knows he works out where the weaknesses are i think and obviously he's coached in that but he's doing that as well i think in real time on the pitch you get to watch him look at little areas see if there's is, is there something there will there be something there he goes and goes he backs himself and he backs his teammates so i think those are the players who i'm, I'm intrigued to see that's not sort of a hey, missing anyone else i'm talking them down i think picnic is a really good player but Pinnock's sort of Pinnock. You know, he's not going to become a different footballer overnight. He's not on a trajectory or anything like that. He's just going to keep doing what he does really, really well. Whereas I think those players are intriguing ones and are ones that you've got to see develop playing Premier League football last couple of seasons. Mm, yeah, so listen, big game Saturday, you said, or Sunday, you, the nerves, because you're saying, look, the Luton has put the pressure on Liverpool in this game. Right, so the yeah. pressure's there. So hopefully... And I'm not saying this disrespectfully, but your fans are going to be as quiet as they were last year because uh, the, the, the rule wasn't quite as loud. And maybe it's because it's Brentford coming and they, they, it's not quite the same as Man United or as Manchester City. Well, no, there's, there's, there's obviously an element to that and there's always an element to that. And I think that's worth remembering. But last season, you know, that game, was we were beginning to sort of turn the, the, the league form around to an extent then. But, you know, this that was a pretty demoralised Liverpool. We were sitting sixth in the table. Again, supporters go through the same thing. You, you have expectations before the season starts and then the, the, you realise they're not going to be met and everyone's got to, at some point, realign what those expectations are with the new reality. Mm. I think it'll be interesting on Sunday, the atmosphere. I think it won't be, you know, it won't be a full roar in Anfield to be clear for, for, for 90 minutes. Which is good but for us. It's good for you, but I think it will be one where, you know, if, if Anfield needs to get involved, it will. Whereas I think last season that was sort of not the case. I think this season Anfield, Anfield can be, you know, Bournemouth was a really good example of it. We were, you know, Bournemouth supporters after 45 minutes would have said something quite similar. But Liverpool then go 2-1 up uh, and go down to 10 men uh, in a pretty contentious refereeing decision. And Anfield for 10 minutes was an absolute bear pit and Liverpool make it 3-1. 
um, and then cruise home pretty much, and then the, the atmosphere quietens again. I think that's the thing about Anfield. It's it's not a continental crowd where it's 90 minutes of noise or well, more like 90 minutes of singing, but Anfield, when it needs to be there, is there. And certainly when Liverpool feel as though they're upwardly mobile, which we are this season. So uh, almost in a sense, if Anfield's quiet, it may well be because it's a relatively placid Liverpool uh, performance. If Anfield is needed, it will be there on Sunday big time uh, for this one against Brentford. We've just got to sort of hope it's not needed in a really weird way. So it's this quite counterintuitive point, which is that I'd rather have a little bit less atmosphere and a comfortable 2 or 3 nil victory. Uh, than a ton of atmosphere and the game is still very much alive with 10 to go and either team could win it yeah saying that I'd rather it being that the latter if we win <laughs> if we sure. win at the well, end yeah. of the day exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly that's, yeah that's right so I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction because at the end of the day I know that you want Liverpool to win so I could probably say 2-0 to Liverpool for you yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying but you're obviously thinking things are going to go the right way for you yeah yeah I think it will I think Liverpool will win by two clear goals um I think that that's just sort of where we are at the minute, but I don't expect it to be easy. I expect it to be quite attritional. I don't think it'll be a great game. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't, because I think that these games at the end of these runs at this stage of the season, they often they often dry up a little bit, but I, I feel as though Liverpool at the minute at home, it's worth saying we've lost once um, in the last 12 months at Anfield. I think it's still within 12 months. It was against Leeds United who went on to be relegated. But if you go all the way back to uh, the start of the 2017-18 season, in front of humans, this is in front of a crowd, uh, Liverpool have only lost once, which is that game against Leeds United. So I understand if, if people think, well, he sounds very sure of himself. Brentford supporters thinking, well, wipe that smile off his face and all that sort of stuff. I understand that, but I literally, I've only watched Liverpool lose one league game um, since August 2017. So I think you can understand why I don't expect Liverpool to lose the game because no one else has come and beaten Liverpool in the league, bar weirdly Leeds United who go on to get relegated. So, 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 five, five, so five all draw coming in, yeah? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that could well be the one. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so this is Neil from the Enfield Rat. Cheers, Neil. Listen, I'm going to catch up with you Sunday. We'll have a quick pint before the game, maybe Absolutely. after the game as well. Excellent stuff. Yes, come and see us after the game. We'll be doing some post-match. I might grab you. Wicked. There you go, Neil from the Enfield Rap. I'll be checking him out on Saturday, Sunday. I'm not going up there on Saturday. I normally go up on Saturday. You know, we all go out to some sort of place and have a good laugh. But today, we're going on Sunday, we're going straight in, in and out, up and down as it is. Trains are all over the place. So we'll just have to uh, go for the little adventure as well. Go into a pub near the station as well. I think there's a new pub. Is at the Vine or something like that? Which sounds like it uh, should be quite quite a laugh as well. So we may be popping in there, having a few Swifties before making our way down to Anfield as well. So uh, looking looking forward to that. I mean, uh, Sherlock, you as nervous as anybody else for this game? I'm not sure nervous is the right word that I'd use. Um resigned might be the word i don't know like it's i think you might have jinxed it a little bit with a toulouse joke bill maybe perhaps i'm not sure but <laughs> I th- I've, you know we, i said it earlier about being completely on top of your game and if even with the injuries and the, and the absences that we've got if everyone is laser focused and completely on it we might be able to get out of there with a draw but i feel like we might kind of go down to a bit of a 2-1 perhaps that sort of thing bit too early for prediction sorry but I feel like they, they there's just too much about Liverpool 
and there'll be a little lapse of concentration somewhere in the middle of the park or something and that's all they'll need and it'll be thanks see ya but i mean it's it's no shame to kind of lose a tight game to a team like liverpool is it i mean if we get you know if it's an abject humbling like if there's any kind of sheffield united newcastle scenario then we'll be all up, sort of upset but i don't think it'll be that mm. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, what I'm going to say, and again, Billy the Bee, always glass half full. Let me just mention the word, one bird, which is, you know, about 30 miles outside of London, Luton. You know, <laughs> Liverpool went to Luton a couple of days ago, and uh, I wouldn't say that they struggled, but they, 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 they were on the verge of losing that game. You know what I'm saying? And, and you always get a game where, you know, you probably expected to win or expect to get points from or a point from and you don't get those points and, and Luton was one for Liverpool where you know at the end of the day they were celebrating like they won the um, Slater and they won the FA Cup like you know what I'm saying getting a point down at Luton which is great because they got one point away from home which is what you need to do if you're actually going to, 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 to progress in this league but then you know you're coming to play against us they're thinking oh my god we just played Luton we've got to just now play Brentford who to be quite honest with you are you know we, we are who we are we don't give up we you know we don't, don't take things lightly we, we we, 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 you, know, you know, we take these teams on. We normally go for 90 minutes. OK, we haven't done great at Anfield, but, you know, still. And so I, I hear what you're saying, the Sherlock. However, you know, they also don't necessarily want to be playing us on Sunday, do they? I mean, anything can happen, right? Like, it, you know, it's a cliche, but it's true. Anything can happen and records are there to be broken. Um Luton's in, Luton is inspiring, yeah. There is it's the, the way that Luton went at them and they celebrated, what was it, 95th, 96th, yeah. equaliser, something like that. We can go for that sort of, yeah, brilliant, great. I would love it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here waiting to be proved right. I really hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, let's take a reality pill here. Just look at what they're good at and maybe not quite as good at as they should be. So, very strong at counter attacks, very strong at attacking set pieces. Very strong at coming back from losing positions, strong at creating scoring chances, strong at creating chances through through balls and scoring chances. Uh, they're strong at protecting the lead. They're strong, Phil, stop, stop, strong stop, in, stop, They're stop. strong in the air. Okay, where they're weak is avoiding individual errors and also stopping opponents from creating chances. They like to take long shots, they short passes, they attempt through balls often, they control the game in our half, they attack through the middle and they like possession football. So that is what we have to deal with. It's going to be a tough game. We can see that 100% in it, lady. Yes, it is going to be tough. It's going to be the, one of the toughest games we're going to face all season. Uh, the performance at Chelsea away shows that we're not phased by not having possession. We're, we're quite happy to hand the opposition the ball and let them attack us uh, um, constantly. And we, we absorb it and we keep our shape. We need a lot of things to go our way. We need to take our chances. I, I think we're capable of getting a point if if a lot of things go our way. I, I'm probably going to predict that we lose, but um, I, just, I just don't. On current form and the, what I've seen over the last few weeks, I'm, I'm gonna, you kind of write us off at your peril because, yeah, if it all goes their way, then they win. Um, and but we we only need a couple of things not to go their way, and we're, we're in with a shout. So. You know, we, we, we only lost narrowly there last season. Um, you know, and that's what that's what Ali said, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like 
they, they'll get one break, one one lapse of concentration, one fifty-fifty. Then they get a lucky ricochet, and then they're through, and they get the they get the goal that that, that matters. You you stop them doing that. Um, we're we're in with a shout of getting at least a point. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. So listen, I'm looking forward to going up there. Like I said, you up on the train. I'm looking forward to seeing. Anthony, uh, Liverpool fan, Jermaine, Liverpool fan as well, Charlie, Liverpool fan there as well, was going up there and, uh, you know, checking out them characters as well. Obviously, the Bees fans were there in full effect, sold out relocation yet again. We actually probably got it right, as opposed to Nottingham Forest. We, were, we sold it out. We went, oh, no, actually, we found some tickets underneath the couch. Oh, no, it's, we've really fluffed it. But we actually sold out Liverpool Tuesday, uh, it's Tuesday, Sunday, two o'clock kickoff, which is good. So hopefully we'll be able to sort of raise the atmosphere a little bit because, you know, as we know, Sunday kickoffs can be a little bit strong range on the atmosphere front but hopefully like i said to you if we're going up there early on the train we have a few little beers we just get the vibe going as they say so look just going around the table i want to ask you for a score prediction i'm going to start with sherlock holmes yeah i, I spoiled it already didn't i it slipped out i'll go i'll, I'll go with a, a 2-1 liverpool but a tight 2-1 like yeah. we'll take him right to the wire born slippy there with sherlock holmes we've got <laughs> ali malali in the house uh, I I concur. I'm afraid I'm going two one Liverpool as well. Two one to Ali in the place. We've got Laney in the in the in the gaff. Uh, one one for me, Mr. Grant. But one 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 for Laney, mm. and I'm going to go one nil to the mighty mighty bees. Mm. Let's I'm hope you're right, Bill, and we're wrong. I'm going yes. for it. I'm going to yes. go for it. Listen, I'm going to go for it. I'm going for it. I'm going left field as they go, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, longer, longer, longer. Anyway, we won't talk about that. So listen, this is the Be Sotted Pride of West London podcast. For anybody going up to Liverpool, we'll see you up there bright and early in Liverpool Town Centre. We think we're going to drink it before the game. We normally drink beside the ground, but this time we're going to drink in the Town Centre. Like we said to you, where we're going before. Is it the Vines or something like that? I don't know where the place is. Can I, um, but, can yes. I call, call you up on something? Um, yes. That was Underworld. Left yeah. was another band. No, also, I was just, I was talking about what you, I seen you were drinking. I was oh. talking about what you were drinking there, mate. You know what I'm saying? I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking wine. I'm drinking red, red wine. Oh, that's right. UB40. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else want to put out some sort of drinking songs there? Any, any, anyone else? Well, you don't get off the train in Manchester, but on the way up, will you? No, I will do actually. I'm going. To, I'm going for a little tour before we get to the match. Okay. So anyway, listen. This is the B Sorted a Pride of West London podcast. I'm Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with a glass of longer, 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 some wine as well. And don't forget to uh, buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Don't forget to also subscribe to us and uh, on all good podcast channels and also write us a lovely, lovely, lovely review. And it goes up in the charts apparently and it gets all over the place, which is all good. Like I said to you, I'm Billy in the house and I've got Laney. Good afternoon. You've got Sherlock Holmes. Up the bees. We've got Ali Malali. Looking forward to being able to see the whole picture on Sunday. That's right. And we also listen, there's me, Billy Grant in the house here. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going to Liverpool, see my Liverpool chums up there. So we've got, you know, got the Anvil Rap. And don't forget to check out the Anvil Rap this week. I'm on the Anvil Rap as well. Check it out. And I'll have a little chat with them as well as we go. And someone will do it. Come on. Very across the Mersey, eh? No. We'll see about that. No interest. Away 
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.